and new foe has appeared. My Smash Bros. fans, you guys will get that reference. The Atlanta Hawks, could they possibly be getting Jeremy Grant in a trade this offseason? We'll talk about that in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Check out pricepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, or if you want the 50% of people who are watching on YouTube and haven't hit that subscribe button already, what are you waiting for? Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. We're on the road to 3,000 subscribers. Continuing to show Lockdown will be the best and fastest growing fan base at the Lockdown Network. So again, best way to support the podcast, hit that subscribe button at the Lockdown Pistons YouTube channel. Uh, we got a little bit to talk about today. More Jimmy Grant trade news. More possible free agent news. Uh, but first, we're going to get into the Jeremy Grant trade news, and that's the Atlanta Hawks. So Mark Stein, who used to be at ESPN, I don't know where he is at now. I think he does his own like freelance stuff now. Um, but Mark Stein says that the Atlanta Hawks apparently are going to be interested in Jeremy Grant coming up this offseason. And he says it's not clear whether the Hawks can outbid other Detroit suitors, most notably Portland, with a trade offer that finally convinced the Pistons to part with Grant to play Trailblazers hold the number seven selection in a draft with a long-standing interest in the two-way forward. So basically, the Atlanta Hawks appear to be interested in Jeremy Grant, which I believe we heard a little bit about that towards the beginning of last season. We heard a little bit about the Atlanta Hawks being interested in him. I know a few Pistons fans were you know, drawing up a John Collins-Jeremy Grant swap. That's not going to happen. Um, so what trade could possibly be going down with Jeremy Grant and the Atlanta Hawks? And I'm going to go through a few of them, but this first one we're going to go through is the one I think is most likely to be offered, and it's the one that I would feel most comfortable uh, most comfortable accepting. Um, and honestly, I think I would pull the trigger on it for a few reasons, and we'll talk about it. And I'll also throw some other trades out at you guys. Um, but the one I'm looking at right now is I do all my fake trades. I don't do it on the ESPN one. I do all my fake trades at Fanspo. I like this one more. I think it's the best one out there. Uh, so I'd suggest you guys go use use that one. It has picks, um, trade exceptions, all kinds of stuff. You can literally use all of it. I, I really like it. So anyways, the one I got drawn up right here is the number 16 pick in the draft, which is what the Hawks own. I got them giving the Pistons their second-round pick from Charlotte next season and Bogdan Bognatovich for Jeremy Grant. And that works with cap-wise. The Pistons get their first-round draft pick. It's almost a lottery pick. It's not a lottery pick. It's a mid-first-round pick, but I think that's somewhere around probably what Jeremy Grant actually is worth. Uh, plus, they get a guy that can start next to Kay Cunningham, plus another asset moving forward with a second-round pick from Charlotte, um, which could be you know early 30s possibly next season. Uh, that's the deal. I think it makes most sense for the Detroit Pistons. It makes most sense for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, most fair trade, I think. And that's I honestly, I think I would pull the trigger on that for a few reasons. One, Bogdan Bogdanovich 
is a nice player. He's only under contract for the 2022-23 season. And then the 23-24 season, he has a player option on. He's probably going to opt into that. So he's only on a contract for two more years. But he's not on a bad contract, I don't feel like. He's going to be getting paid $18 million. However, if he does get traded to the Pistons, there will be a 15% trade kicker that gets in, uh, put into his contract, which will be around $2.7 million. So instead of getting $18 million, he'll be getting paid uh, 20 points. Yeah, $20.7 million over the next two seasons with the Pistons. I don't think that's bad money for Bogdan Bogdanovich. I think he's a really nice player. I don't think that makes him a negative asset, especially on an expiring contract when if he does pick up his player option, which I think would very would be very likely. I don't think he's a negative asset. I think many teams would want him. Many contenders would like him. Heck, I think even like some middling teams would like to have him on the team at that point. He's not like a negative asset at that point. We talked about, about this a little bit on the last episode with like, the idea of an expiring contract and how Russell Westbrook kind of has clouded some people's view on an expiring contract because the Lakers can't move him. The problem with Russ in the expiring contract is that Russ sucks. Russ can't play. So his $47 million, people don't even want him on the roster. People don't want to have to play him. So that, that's the problem with him. I, you could say they could just trade for him and buy him out, but is it really worth all that? And the Lakers don't really got like assets that would make sense to take him for. Uh, if they had assets to trade him with, I think that would facilitate a trade probably. But the fact that he sucks, that's that's why they can't do it with him. Bogdan is actually a good player, a really nice player. So if he was an expiring contract and the Pistons wanted to move him at age 30, I think they would be pretty it would be pretty easy to do so. And I honestly wouldn't be shocked if the Pistons liked him and just extended him to like two a two-year contract or brought him back. I think he's a really nice player. Um he hasn't played a lot. He's been injured the last two seasons, uh played around 40 games. Uh, his first season with Atlanta, played around 60 games this last season with Atlanta. Uh, he hasn't been able to have a full season with them. Um, but in the time that he has played, he's a really damn good player. So his first season with Atlanta, he shot 44% from deep on 7.6 attempts a game. He shot 47% from the field, shot 91% from the free throw line. So he's damn near a part of a 40-40 or 50-44-90 club. He did that in his first season with Atlanta on 16.4 points per uh 16.4 points per game. And then this past season when he played 63 games, he had a little bit of a down year, but basically a down year to him was basically Sadiq Bay offensively. Like he had, he uh, shot 43% from the floor, 37% from deep on 7.3 attempts a game. So a high volume shooter, really good shooter. He shot 51% from two point range, 84% from the free throw line and had 15 points a game. So basically you're looking at on a down year for Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's basically Sadiq Bay offensively with the spacing. And if you go to his synergy chart, which you guys know I love bringing up synergy charts, this past season he ranked in the 89th percentile in spot-up situations, scoring 1.18 points per possession. This past season he had a down year as a pick-and-roll ball handler. He ranked in the 46th percentile, but in transition he was in the 76th percentile. Coming off handoffs, which we know the Pistons do a lot of, he ranked in the 84th percentile. In isolation, he ranked in the 82nd percentile. He's a really damn good offensive player. And I don't think he's one of those players either who needs the ball in his hands nonstop. Like we had this discussion with Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton needs the ball in his hands nonstop if they sign him. Jalen Brunson don't need the ball in his hands nonstop, but he needs the ball in his hands quite a, quite a bit. I think Bogdan would be perfectly fine and would be able to excel with the Pistons and be a great fit. I mean, a great fit next to Kay Cunningham without constantly needing the ball in his hands. But he's also a player who can create with the ball in his hands if you need him to. He's just one of those players that also excel off ball. And if you look at his first season, 
in Atlanta where he had probably his best season of his career. He makes a 93rd percentile in spot-up opportunities, 83rd percentile as a pick-and-roll ball handler, 80th percentile coming off screens, 89th percentile coming off handoffs. He was a really damn good uh, 63rd percentile uh, in transition. He's a really good offensive player. I think he would fit exactly what the Pistons want on their team in that in that two spot. You don't have to con- uh, commit long-term money to him. He's not going to be on a bad contract, a contract that's immovable. I don't think he's someone you have to, again, commit long-term, uh, commit long-term to him. And I don't think he would block as well. He's not going to block, let's say, Killian Hayes' development. He's not going to block... Uh, whoever, like let's say the Pistons were to draft, I don't think they would do this if they got this trade, but if they were to draft a guard or something, he's not going to block their uh, improvement. He only played 29 minutes a game for Atlanta last year. He played 29 minutes a game the season prior. So it's not like he's going to be getting like 37 minutes a game. I think he would be okay taking those uh, 29 minutes a game. I think it would it would be a perfect fit for the Pistons at two next to Kate Cunningham. He's 6'6". He's not tiny. He's not great defensively. Don't get that confused, but he's not tiny. He's six six, so you keep that size somewhat. Um, but overall, I think he would be a nice fit. I think he's a really nice player. I think the overall bigger problem is that will he be healthy? Will he stay healthy? So that's the first trade. I actually think I would take that one. Um, we'll talk about this trade a little bit more when we come back from the break. I've rattled on a little bit about Bagnanovich, but there's also another aspect to this which makes it a decent trade in my opinion for the Pistons. But we'll talk about that when we come back. From the ad break, but first I have to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Price Picks. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? They need to try their award-winning app, Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and we know that you will too. It's easy to use. You pick two to five players and an over/under on their projections. You can win up to ten times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in sixty seconds or less. It's really that easy. Price Picks is safe and it offers fast withdrawals. Use their award-winning app today on both the App Store and Google Play. PricePix offers any prop you can think of, from point scores to rebounds and even steals. And get this, PricePix allows mixed sports entries as well. So during the NFL season, I'd always, and I mean always, take the under in the Jared Goff passing yards, but i take the over on Kay Cunningham's uh, points per game. Those are the kind of things you can do. It's not just NBA and NFL either. It's college basketball and college football, MLB, soccer, MMA, and much, much more. And for a limited time, PricePix has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first PricePix entry scores a singular point. But you must use code NBA. That's right, this is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA $50 for free if a player in your first PricePix entry scores a singular point. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Make sure you hit that subscribe button over at the YouTube channel. And I also have an important favor to ask of you guys. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners and like you and make your favorite Lockdown Podcast even better. Here's your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Lockdown Podcasts. Go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long. Everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of the $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards as well. So take our audience survey. Go to LockdownPodcast slash or lockdownpodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. Again, you'll be entered into a giveaway for one of the 10 Ticketmaster $100 gift cards. So we'd really appreciate if you guys did that. But back to the trade. That that trade I offer with Bogdanovich, the first round pick and a future second, I really like it. I think Bogdanovich is a really damn good player. We just talked about that in the first segment. 
Uh, we went over everything he brings to the table, how I think he'd be a perfect fit next to Kay Cunningham. Offensively, you would provide excellent spacing. He also is capable of taking some of the scoring load off of Kay Cunningham. I think he would be a good fit. And also, you don't have to commit long-term money to him, a long-term commitment to him. So I think it would be a good fit. But then also another thing that we're not talking about is the fact that the Pistons get that first-round pick that they wanted. In the, It's not a lottery pick. I know some people have fooled themselves into thinking that the Pistons will get a number seven overall pick. I don't see that happening. Portland people don't see that happening. The Lockdown Blazers host doesn't see that happening. Portland fans don't see it happening. I really just don't see that happening. There's like four other guys that the Trail Blazers are going to be going after with that number seven overall pick before they go to Jeremy Grant. So I that, I just don't see that happening. And like I told you guys with the Lockdown Ultimate Mock Draft, and and this is not just awesome. I know a lot of you guys said in the last YouTube video and tweet at me, uh, those of you guys who listen to it on the podcast version, you know, these guys are also fans of their team, They, which one isn't true. Um, I'm a fan of the Pistons. There's a fruit fly flying in front of me. Uh, I'm a I'm a Pistons fan, but I would say the majority of Locked On, actually, I think I might be one of like the only few who are legitimate fans of their team that they cover for the Locked On Network. Other guys just cover the team. They're not big fans of the team. So that's one. And two, even if you want to say that, the, thing, the things I've heard also suggest that teams are not willing to match up to this price that Troy Reaver has put out there for Jamie Grant. And I also think it's pretty unrealistic that Troy Reaver is trying to do. But anyways, my point is 16, the Pistons would be able to get, you know, a nice player, hopefully at that position. I know a lot of people will say that, you know, it's mid, it's mid round. It's not weak. It's a weak draft, etc. But in a weak draft with killing Hayes's, uh, killing Hayes's draft was called a weak draft. And Troy Reaver was able to get 16, 19. He got Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bey. The draft is supposed to be where Troy Reaver makes his money. That's supposed to be where he's excellent at. That's supposed to be his calling card. So his ability to identify talent and get it in the mid-round, in the 20s, in the second round, etc., that's where he's supposed to be making his money. So getting him as many cracks at that apple and getting him as many chances at that should be a good thing, whether you whether it's the 7th pick or the 16th pick. He's already shown, for all of you guys who really believe in Tory Reaver, that he can get incredible value at 19 or 16. So I don't see why people would just poo-poo the 16th overall pick and to be honest, I think Jeremy is probably worth this. I think Jeremy realistically is worth 16th, a future pick, and a nice player. So I I, I, I don't think that Jeremy is worth a lottery pick, a young player, and a filler. Like, I don't, I, I just don't see that. He's not – I don't see he's worth that. So I think this trade makes sense. Uh, I think it's fair for both sides, to be honest. I think it, it – I could see it happening. I think this is the most fair trade out there, to be honest, uh, right now with the Hawks. Uh, there's another trade out there that people have been uh, bringing up. Danilo Gallinari going to the Pistons. Um, I've told you guys this before on the podcast. We're going to have Keith Smith, the salary cap expert, on here to ask these questions too. We'll get all the answers to it. But from my understanding is you the Pistons cannot trade for Danilo Gallinari and then take advantage of his non-guaranteed contract that he has, which is like $5.9 million, if you waive him before a specific day. I believe once they trade him to a team, that team then cannot waive him and take advantage of that non-guaranteed contract. So the Pistons will be on the hook for that $21 million. Um, I would rather have Bogdanovich. I think he fills a need that the Pistons have at that two position, fills what it sounds like the Pistons want next to Kay Cunningham. Um, and I'd be willing to – some people are not wanting to have him on their contract this year and next year. I don't think he's a bad contract. I'd be fine having him on the team this year and next year because I think he actually helps the team and play better and become a better team. Uh, Gallinari, I don't think he would want to be here. Um, there's been things I've heard that he wouldn't want to be in Detroit. If he got traded here, don't ask me how I, I, I've heard that. Um, and also, he, he just deserves to be on a contender somewhere. I don't think he helps the Pistons as much either. 
uh, especially if they trade Jeremy Grant. I think they're probably going to be drafting Keegan Murray if they do that. So I don't think that makes sense, uh, but that's another one that you could possibly see. And I know some people are trying to say that they believe that the Pistons could get Bogdanovich and Okongwu. I don't see that happening. The Hawks really like Okongwu. I don't think they're giving him up for Jeremy Grant. I think they want to keep Okongwu and eventually move him into that starting lineup and have him be like their their guy at the at the five eventually when um, Clint Capella leaves. So I don't see that happening. Um, I know some people would rather have Kevin Herter. I get that. I don't think the Hawks would give up Kevin Herter. And also he's under contract for a longer term. Uh, he's under a four-year contract. I don't want a long-term contract. I don't want a long-term commitment out of this Jimmy Grant trade. Uh, so for me personally, I, I think the Bagnatovich with the 16th pick and a future second, I think that's great for the both worlds. Uh, for the Hawks and the Pistons. I, I think that's the best trade that you'll get from the Hawks. Um, I think that's fair value for Jeremy Grant. Let me know in the comment section down below what you guys think. Do you guys think it's fair value for Jeremy Grant? Would you rather just extend him to that four-year $115 million extension that is rumored to be out there? Or do you agree with me? Do you think it's a great great trade? Again, let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. When we come back, we heard some more stuff from the athletic today about the Pistons and DeAndre Aiden. What did we hear? We'll talk about that when we come back from the ad break. But first, I have to tell you guys about one of your, our sponsors, your guys' favorite sponsor, Bilt Bar. Don't you love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with a caramel swirled on the top? So good. What if I told you that you can have all that in a chewy, chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? Well, you're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now, and you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. I'll replace a regular brownie with built caramel brownie in a minute, in a heartbeat. The best part, caramel brownie bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, like for real. With built, you don't have to sacrifice taste for healthiness. You can have both of them. You get the best of both worlds. There are a million reasons that you should try built bars. But for now, let's just say that caramel brownie will rock your world. And that's not an understatement. With Built, taste is the new healthy. Go to Built.com to get your box of Caramel Brownie Built Bars right now. So again, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. It's the best way to support the podcast. Um, but yeah, DeAndre Aiden, we got some more news with him. Uh, I don't know if I would necessarily actually say it's news. Uh, it's kind of just, you know, basically what we've been hearing over and over. Uh, but it was kind of confirmed at the Athletic, um, James Edwards and John Hollinger did a, what do you call it, sit down together and did an article together for The Athletic. And they basically talked about that the Pistons will indeed be, quote-unquote, making a run at DeAndre Ayton. Now, it's not. it sounds like it's not 100% sure that they'll be offering the max. And for me, if they're not offering the max, then you're not actually making a run at DeAndre Ayton because every other team that makes a run at him will be offering the max. So I just don't think it's realistic that you'll be – I don't think you can say I'm making a run at DeAndre Ayton and not offer him the max. I don't see how that's possible because you're just not going to be a chance. It's not going to be a chance at it. Um, but it, it's not news that they'll be making a run at DeAndre Ayton. 
And I think that would also fit, tie it all together into the trade that I offered at the beginning of this podcast with Bogdanovich would be if you got Bogdanovich, if you got Bogdanovich at the, uh, at the two spot out of a Jeremy Grant, I'm sorry, I completely lost train of thought right there. Um, if you got Bogdanovich at the two spot of a Jeremy Grant trade, let's say you got Bogdanovich and 16, like I said, and then let's just for, for whatever, let's go look at who's around 16. You got Terry Eason. Uh, you got potentially Mark Williams. Uh, you got Jaden Hardy, Walker Kessler. You got some of these guys, Kendall Brown. Some of these guys are around 16. You get one of those guys. Okay. And then you have Cade. You got your two position filled. Now you got Sadiq. You got, let's say they draft, Number five, they get Keegan Murray now, who it sounds like that they're really interested in and they really like. So you get those four positions filled in just from that trade alone with Jeremy Grant. And you found a home for Jeremy Grant, and you got assets back. And now in free agency, you can just go all out for DeAndre Aiden, which I have said that's the only player I'd want to go all out for. You offer him the match to try to convince him to come to this team, this young team that's on the come up, that he's going to have a big hand in turning around. He comes to the Pistons, and now you're looking at a five-man lineup of Cade, Bogdanovich, Sadiq, Keegan Murray, and DeAndre Aiden with Killian Hayes coming off the bench, Isaiah Stewart coming off the bench, Marvin Bagley coming off the bench, and whoever you draft at 16 coming off the bench, along with another sign that you're probably make at the wing spot in free agency coming off the bench. I think it's a pretty damn good improvement over the last season. Uh, I actually think that the Pistons could compete for a play-in spot with that team, and as they continue, continue to improve and get better, the following season, I think that team could take the next step as well with minimal minimal additions and free agency and through trades. I think internal improvement could become could make that team a pretty a playoff team, a ninth, eighth, seventh seed somewhere around there, and they continue to move up. You could possibly trade Bogdanovich at that point the following season too for some value for some assets if you want to move on from him. Let's say Killing Hayes. Uh, improves and he shows you okay we think he can take the next step I think we think he could possibly start next to K Cunningham now you have the flexibility to be able to move Bogdanovich who again I don't believe is a bad contract you move him around and now you got you core pieces in Cade and DeAndre Aiden and Sadiq Bey you get the guy that you really want at five and you won't be stuck behind Jeremy Grant and you got a guy at the two guard position with Bognod who fits exactly what you want on this team next to K Cunningham and it's not you don't have to commit long-term money to him and he's flexible. You can move him down like the following year if you don't think you want to resign him, give him an extension, or you want to take advantage of some of his value. Like I think that move, that offseason right there, I'd be the most happy about. And I think that offseason gives the Pistons not only a better team and and and, and better on court product. I think it still gives them incredible flexibility to be able to work with moving forward. I don't think you're tied up again. My big thing with the Jeremy Grant trade, I've told you guys this over and over and over before. I do not want to be tied up long-term. I, do, I don't want to be stuck long-term money. I don't want to commit long-term to any of these guys in free agency when it goes to Kyle Sexton, to Jalen Brunson, to Miles Bridges. The only guy that I'm willing to commit long-term to is DeAndre Aiden. And if you get that trade for, for 16, Bogdanovich, you get your guy at five, you get another young asset, you let Troy Reaver try to work his magic like he does at 16, maybe he finds another diamond in the rough that could be another spark plug off the bench with Killian, Stu, Bagley, and have them compete with whoever else you sign a free agency. And you get your big-time free agent at center, who's going to be a great partner with Kay Cunningham while still keeping Sadiq and filling in the number two spot. I think it makes complete sense, and I think that's the best trade, honestly, I've seen thus far. That's realistic. Now, there's other trades that you guys will come up with. 
but I don't think any of those are realistic. So I'd over-entertain those. And let me just say this before we wrap up the podcast as well. On this podcast moving forward, and I think you guys have picked up on this, on this podcast moving forward, and anytime I talk about this, whether it's on Twitter, in the comment section with you guys, on the podcast, or another podcast I guest on, I will no longer, I, I no longer make like fake trades that fall under the rumored price that Troy Weaver wants. Because one, I don't think it's realistic. Two, I don't think, I really don't think it's realistic. Three, based off what I've heard, teams aren't going to pay up to that. And four, I'd rather just give my opinion on it, what I would do. Like, this is something I, I, I kind of talked about in a few podcasts ago. We are not here to talk about, oh, well, Troy River knows best, or Troy River knows, we just have to trust everything Troy River does, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm here to give my opinion. We're supposed to be giving our opinions on things, what we would do and what we think would make sense. We don't know what Troy River is thinking. We don't know what he's going to do. Obviously, he knows best. He's the GM. I'm not the GM. But we're not in his brain. We don't know what's actually going to happen. We don't know what he's thinking, what they're going through right now in the front office. So we give our opinions. So in my opinion, that price is too unrealistic for Jeremy Grant. So I, from now on, only give realistic trades according to my price, what I think Jeremy Grant actually is worth and what I, based off what I've heard his price actually is worth. So that's what you guys will get on the podcast. So I, I'm not I'm not going to be giving, oh, what teams can give us a first round pick and a young prospect and another player like that's I don't think that's the that's realistic to ask for. So that's why you guys haven't been getting those type of trade fake trades on the podcast. Guys, just don't think it's realistic. And I think staying realistic is is a good thing to do for a fan base and for those who cover the team. So there was my little rant to end the podcast. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comment section down below. Or on Twitter. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen today. That's all I've got for you guys. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate appreciate all the support you guys have given me over the last few weeks. We're doing great numbers-wise. Uh, some of the most best and consistent numbers we've had since I took over Lockdown Pistons. I'm absolutely loving it. Loving all the new people that are joining the Lockdown Pistons community. Continuing to show Lockdown that we're the best and fastest growing fan base at the Lockdown Network. Again, I really appreciate all you guys. I'll see you guys in the next one. Make sure you guys are making the big locked on big board. You guys, the second listen of every single day, you know, host Rafael Barlow, they'll be going over a bunch of, oh, Richard Stamen as well. They'll be going over prospects, obviously doing a mock draft and obviously their own big board is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you guys are checking that out, making your second listen of every single day. But until next time, guys, I'll see you guys later. Let me know what you guys think about the Atlanta Hawks trade, what trade you guys would take from the Atlanta Hawks. But until next time, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody. Stay safe. Enjoy the finals. And I'll see you then.